You're listening to a member of the Dice Tower Network, the home of smart people, insightful board gaming discussion. Find out more at Dicetower.com. Hello and welcome back to Rolling Dice and Taking Names, proud member of the Dice Tower Network. This is episode 17, Emily Post, The Lost Chapters. I'm your co-host, Tony, and as always joining me is Marty. Welcome back from Origins. Um, What, about a month later, Marty? Who is this? Exactly. Yeah, don't even go there. Where have you been? Hey, I was at the beach watching. I lost $10 blow down the beach as I got exfoliated by the sand. Um, there were, the water was about, I think, 68 degrees. So I bet you had a little bit more fun on your vacation than I did. I know I, I got to have fun on your vacation and listening to this awesome post. And that was some great interviewing you did there. You never knew that you'd never done that. Uh, yeah. Oh, great. So now, you know, now it's been the secrets out. So, yes, I have never interviewed before. So that was kind of new for me. But yeah, for people who don't know, this is actually the first time that we have been back together recording in, I guess, a month. Well, we did the Duke um, last week. That's true. We were able to get that, get that out, but that was a short segment. And as I was reminded by my wife, short her butt because we spent two hours, but that's okay. <laughs> well, well, short in that it was only five minutes long. So <laughs> Three takes later, kind of like what this is going to take, no, but that's no, okay. No. Three takes on an hour episode, that's no good. That will take forever. But yeah, so what we did before I had uh, gone to Origins and Tony had gone on vacation, we basically recorded two episodes at once, which was episode, what, it would have been episode 13 and 14, Mm -hmm. and 14 ended up being episode 16, because when I got back from Origins, I had all this great material that I couldn't cram into one episode, so I made episodes 14 and 15 the Origins episode, and we bumped the Miniatures episode out to 16, so everybody follow that, I hope. So that's kind of where we are. So this is the first time we have been back on for the full episode in a month, so we're kind of uh, rusty at this, having to get back here in the saddle. Yeah, and it's a Good thing that, you know, no special guest or anything like that, Marty, because other than that, they could just watch us stumble over our words. However, the bathroom flush episode was, uh, we should just change the name on the miniature episode to the flushing sound or the, or the episode where, where Steve flushed the commode or something. I don't know. You know, be like the friends. Uh, it's hard telling from that standpoint. Yeah, years from now, if we ever do like a best of episode, there, there's one right there. So years from now, I hear you. We're struggling with this one. You think we go, uh, yeah, we'll be here three years from now or whatever. By the way, uh, when you were at Origins, uh, I know you spent a day working. Warning, name drop ahead. Working with the guys from Dice Tower, Tom and Eric. And how was that experience? Was, was it all that in a bag of chips or, or did you learn anything? Did you bring it back to our show? Well, they didn't give me any bag of chips. I did get a game out of it, which was kind of cool. But no, it was. Ooh, what'd you get? What'd you get? What'd you get? What'd you get? Love. Uh, um, exactly. Like La Sahita. Oh, okay. Um, it was a Rio Grande game. It was a game that uh, Tom had won from the uh, board game room, and he already had it. And he just said, here, here, take this one. Because the one I won, he said, wasn't any good. So, Okay. Imagine that, that um, Tom already had the game. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, yeah. So 
that probably goes without saying you probably had every game in there. Anyway, it, it was a lot of fun because I got to um, work with those guys all day and, and work, see all the behind the scenes stuff that they do. Um, Eric Summoner did the uh, interviews with all the guys that came up. And I guess what was the most interesting about that was just seeing all these new games that were being released at Origins or in prototype and getting ready to be released in the future. And and I had talked to uh, some of those guys, and that was in some of those were in the Origins report and stuff. But there, there's a lot of really neat things uh, that, that are coming out. And um, if you guys haven't checked it out, please go and watch their video episodes that they uh, did where they did all these interviews. And you can see it's like 20 different episodes. So it's like 20 different companies that they talked to uh, throughout the day. So that was a lot of fun working with them and stuff like that. Two, two great guys. The conversation came up about the Dice Tower Network and is there any value to it and stuff? And I said, well, yeah, because ever since we've been on the network, our hits have gone, have skyrocketed. And Eric was, I kind of like a little shocked. It's like, it has. And I went, uh, yes, you guys actually carry some clout in the gaming community and you drive traffic our way. So it does make a big deal. And I know that bleeds over to our other site, you know, the, the gamers codex, which, you know, how sponsors our podcast here and, mm -hmm. you know, by them, linking letting us be part of their network and then from there we can get over to the gamers codex where i know they're just beginning their reviews and if you want to go check out some different styles of reviews by all means go over to the gamerscodex.com and, and check out some of those reviews were you able to um also get up with any of the other guys and uh, of the dice tower did you get up warning name drop ahead with not just another gaming podcast or those, any of those other guys those guys weren't there i did hook up with Warning, name drop ahead. Dan from, um, he is um, at Geek Jock on Twitter, and he runs the um, All-Star Geeks uh, podcast. It's kind okay. of interesting on the last day. He was actually doing demos at Stronghold Games, and we started talking, and then I noticed his, his badge and stuff. Hey, I do a podcast too, and then all of a sudden, you know, hey, I live in Apex, so he lives, you know, about two, three hours from us, and, and he's good friends with the guys at... Warning. Name drop ahead. Dice Hate Me, uh, mm. which is Chris and those guys, which were right on the other side of the booth. And I should have gone over there and talked to them. But every time I went over there, they seemed really busy. Um, they were showing off their new game, uh, Java Dice. I believe that's on Kickstarter right now. So there was a lot of interest in that. And, and so they were getting a lot of buzz. I, I didn't want to disturb them. But uh, I think all those guys kind of are in the same area up there in the Raleigh, Durham area. Right. Uh, uh, is it Viva Java, I believe? Viva Java Dice? Yes, which, which, is, which is the dice game of their full um, card game. Card game. Uh, yes. you know, Viva Java. And I know that they had a successful Kickstarter through Compounded. And yeah. I know they were trying to... Did they have that there? I, I almost got in on that one. but um, They did. It didn't... They did have that there? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Wow. That would have been oh, nice to be able to play that. I can't remember if it was being sold or they were just demoing it. But I know some I think people they were Go ahead. Yeah, they're probably just demoing it because it's it just finished up his Kickstarter less than a month ago. So Right. But those were the only guys that were there. Uh, the guys from Not Another Gaming Podcast or... Warning. Name drop ahead. Cardboard. Uh, Jungle. Those guys were not there. Or I didn't see them. But I know that everyone will be at... Gen Con and Tom even asked, are you guys going to be there? And at the time I said, no. And he said, well, you're the only ones that won't be there. However, it sounds like that maybe it's in the works that maybe you can potentially go. And I really hope that works out. Yes, yeah, so do I. I hope I can get up there. We'll see how that goes. We'll have to um, manage not only work, um, that is the busy time for me, but also, hey, by the way, I'm just 
got a meeting up there or, and just coincides that I get to stay another day, honey. Is that okay? Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, I'm heading out of town tomorrow back to Atlanta, so that's always fun to do. You know how that is. So, oh, you don't get to travel that much anymore, do you? I don't. I haven't traveled for work in uh, about a year and a half. And the last time it was to Vegas and it was a boondoggle, so. Yeah, I understand. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Vegas. I don't like losing my money. I'd rather go buy a game with it, you know? <laughs> well, I don't gamble, so. Neither do I. Uh, well, it's, I, I don't know. It's one of those things I've been, uh, you've probably been as many as odd times I have, six, seven times, a handful of times. I guess after a while, if you're not gambling and stuff, it does get old. There's not much to do. I still enjoy seeing the hotels and shows and stuff like that. But Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Now, if they ever do a, oh, I'd be interested in a game convention. They do. And you could, oh, well, they do. Well, the game trade show from Gamma's there. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. Well, don't have to. Maybe we'll have to coordinate our vendor can um, that we have at work can get his uh, users group out there at that time. Then, oh, double. I like that. Yeah, I like how that go. would work. There you go. Oh, it's, just referencing, you went back. You talked about the gamers codex. Those guys had actually Ron and had actually set up a table there and was talking to a lot of people. I know he had uh, made a lot of good contacts and and uh, talked to a lot of different people and was going to do a lot of different views reviews. So do be looking at thegamerscodex.com over the next few weeks and stuff for some reviews of games that he picked up while he was at Origin. So uh, he, he, he did some good uh, networking there. So that, that site's really going to grow over time too. Right. And I know, Marty, while we were on vacation that um, we got accepted or I got accepted, but you're being, I'm your wingman here. Um, Green Ronin, Ronin, sorry, I can never say it correctly, put us in their um, freebooter program um, to demo RPGs. I look forward to that and hopefully we can get these guys on the show just like they did tabletop. You know, we're working with them on a future show and it's, I'm excited about being in that program. And if any of our listeners out there have ever done one, I've done dragon age, but I'm really interested in um, mutants and masterminds, especially with the DC adventure side. Kind of curious how that is. I've never had the opportunity to do the RPG fire and ice, you know, based on, based on the George R. R. Martin books. And um, I, I'm not really sure how that would play out because, you know, I think everybody would want to be um, the imp. And I don't know if that would work. OK, I'm, I'm just, you know, trying to be that smart aleck character or something like that. So but that's interesting. I know that um, looking forward to hopefully getting a demo of that going at our local game store, your local game store here in the Charlotte area and see if I can talk to Timothy about that. But other than that, that's pretty much where, you know, things are standing a month later in our lives. I appreciate you bringing me home power grid. I look forward to playing that. Yeah. I, um, when are you going to invite me over to play? As soon as I uh, take the shrink rack, shrink wrap off. Got it. Got it. I haven't done that. Now you brought home some good games and we talked about the Duke. Uh, I think we should talk a little bit more about that in this game. You've had some more demo time with it or not demo actual play time with it. Yes. Uh, uh, my, uh, my kids really like it. My, um, Travis, uh, my middle son, took it over to a friend's house, and they said they played like all afternoon. They played six or seven games. Uh, really enjoyed it. I actually sat down with Vanessa last night and taught it to her. She didn't care for it. Why? Why would it's It's competitive, A, one thing she doesn't like. B, the rules are always changing. Um, no, well, it's, 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 she's not a big chess fan. I mean, it really okay. came down to she was never did care for chess, and it reminds her a lot of um, chess. And just from that aspect, she didn't care for it. I, I can understand that. I thought, you know, I was wondering if Donna would like it, but then I think 
she doesn't like chess. So the answer would be probably not. No, I mean, not so much. I mean, the nice thing about this is compared to chess is that luck factor, which we talked about in our five minute initiative, how that it is different from chess and that who was I playing? Maybe it was one of my boys. Anyway, there was this situation where I was getting ready to win and mm-hmm. he pulls out a tile to, to basically block a move and it happens to be a tile with the exact right move to put me in guard and win the game. Oh, nice. Yep. That's a flip the board moment. It was. I, well, no, I did get upset, but I was like, wow, did not see that coming. And it's so funny. It was like I was getting setting him up. He was cornered and he pulls out just the right piece that basically I couldn't capture that piece and I couldn't move the Duke out of the way from being captured. Yeah, that's that's the neat aspect of the game. And I think that's, that's going to either drive people away from – from that game more so than anything if you don't like that luck factor. But I think it adds an element to that game that will keep it always fresh for, for, for everyone. There will never be – you can't build a King Gambit strategy or whatever you want to call it like you do in chess for the Duke, you know, uh, and go with the such and such defense. You're, you're basically – ah you got to play to how the board is and you got to be able to think quick, which makes that game incredibly – just just a great game. Well, I'll just end it there. What else did you what else did you I know you had a couple on the other podcast. Anything else you've had a chance to play since you've been back? Yes, I did. So I actually bought this before Origins, but I finally took the shrink rack shrink wrap off Zulkin and got to play that over the weekend, which is a worker placement game with the theme of a Mayan calendar. But the neat thing about it is, is if anybody has seen it, it's a it's a gear system to where you place your workers on one of the um, cogs of the gear and the gears turn each turn. And wherever you pull your worker off, there's an indication on the gear of something you get. Maybe it's resources or something like that. Well, the longer you ride around on the gear, the better your resources get. The problem is, is your workers are taking time sitting on a gear, not doing anything. So there is a lot of management of putting workers on gears, taking them off. So when you place a worker, nothing comes of it. It's only you you get to do something when you pull it off of the gear. And at first I was kind of worried about being some sort of just a gimmick, a board game with gears, but it works really, really well. Everybody that I played with, which was my brother-in-law, Travis and Vanessa, really liked the game. It's set up downstairs on the table and we want to play again sometime this week. I hope I get to play it. I know our schedules just are not matching up very well to get over and play between work and everything, but we'll get over there. And um, I had the opportunity to finally get to play the expansion to Pillars of the Earth that I finally found in a remote game store down in Columbia, South Carolina. And let me, t- Marty, you played Pillars of the Earth with me. And it's, I know it's on um, the Dice Tower Essential Games, if I remember correctly. Is that right? Um, Correct. The expansion, com- it completely changed and adds a lot to that game. I will give it that. I, w- I was pleasantly surprised. I thought, oh, it just adds five or six players. It really does add a new aspect. And one of the cards in that, and if you have pillars and you can't, and the expansion's out of print, I don't know why, I don't know why Mayfair did that, but if you can find it and, you, and pillars still comes out for you, you can play it. You don't have to have five or six players. You can play it with, you know, two to four and use the expansion. And I didn't realize that when I got it, but that was really nice added bonus to it. But there's this card, Marty, that, you know, in pillars that when we play that, there's all these craftsmen that get you the victory points. Well, and this, this one card that you can take each round is 
you can use somebody else's craftsman. Oh. So if you put your pawn there, then you get to go out and say, say somebody has, I think it's the, um, uh, as long as they have, the, you use it for one last time than on the card. So if there's a craftsman that can only be used once, you know how you can use one wood to do one thing. If he's got to have two. So I think it's like, um, it's either the bell maker or the organ maker, you know, they can be used twice for a whole bunch of points. If you pull that card in the late rounds, when those guys come out, then you can, if you have the resources, you can score those points as well. You can use someone else's points, your, someone else's craftsman. Oh. So it's a very powerful card and it's a really neat aspect. So I really like that part in Pillars of the Earth. And maybe um, go when we get down to um, our game club, we can either pull that out or pull one of the mini games you brought back and we can get that going again because that, I really like that. I'm, I'm glad I picked that up. Um, anything else that you've picked up lately? Um, I did pick up Titanium Wars, have played it a couple times. I really want to play it with you so we can do a five-minute initiative on it. So Because it's so new, I think that'd be interesting to look at. I've had it mixed reviews with people I've played, so I'm really curious to get your thoughts. So hopefully we can get that to table um, real soon. And the only other game, and it wasn't new, was I did have an epic game of Arkham Horror over the weekend with my brother-in-law. It lasted five or six hours. And uh, towards the end, we thought we got this thing. We got this thing won. Here we go. Five minutes later, we were devoured by the devoured by the Ancient One. I could not believe how fast the tables turned on us. And I was like, what happened? And my brother-in-law said, that's Arkham Horror. I was like, oh, that was brutal. Was that the video you posted out there when y'all were getting devoured? Uh, no, that was actually um, Mansions of Madness. We played that one too, which is a little bit different game. But um, we actually won that game, but we we totally got messed up on Arkham Horror. Like, again, everything was going so smooth, and we actually saw the end in sight. And then all of a sudden, with a couple flips of cards – these monsters came out of nowhere, woke up the Ancient One, and ate us all. So, done. Over. Very HP Lovecrafting right there. You didn't escape. And that's not one of those games where you can say, oh, let's just reset the board and try again either, is it? No, no. But here's the thing. We had a wonderful time. At the end, we were like, well, that was a waste of time. It's one of those things you just enjoy the experience. Win or lose, you're going to have fun. So I think that's the beauty of that. It's not like you look at your watch and go, well, great. That's five or six hours of my life wasted. Nobody thought that at all. Everybody had a great time. In fact, losing the way we did was just as entertaining if we'd have won. If you feel like you played the game well, I think that's an excellent point that you've got Losing is not as bad when you play those co-op games and you know you put it, it's kind of like in pandemic where you get down to the last card to draw and you know, hey, we're right here at the end and, right. and, and oh, we got a, a final outbreak. Oh, darn. But we played really well. We didn't do anything too stupid, which by the way, my new edition should be showing up in the mail this week so I can find Nice, finally, nice. Yeah. You got to rebuy all the expansions? Uh, yeah, if I want to, I think back to it. And the only reason why I would is, um, for the, we don't use on the brink. We, we don't because nobody likes being the bioterrorist. Nobody likes the other epidemics. The only thing they like are the additional, um, action cards and nobody likes playing the epidemiologist so even the careers matter of fact uh, the neighbors who, who we play this with who always want me to bring it out is they're like well let's just go back to the base set you know oh 
So I, I don't know. It depends on how in the lab is going to be on whether or not I'm going to add to that, but that's another one. Um, but other than that, but you, you talk about losing, you know, it brings to, brings us to, I think the point in our episode where we're going, we're going to talk about etiquette. You, you correct me when we were setting up the name. That was the whole point of this podcast was, Hey, Emily Post, she's all about etiquette, and we're going to cover the chapters that she had written, and we know we found them. <laughs> they, they, they were um, found, and we were able to get our hands on copies of them. She didn't really want it to be known that she was an original game. Okay, that's all crap, but anyway. Um, no, uh, no, really, you had yeah. me going. Uh, yeah, right. So anyway, where's the flush? Put, quick, put Steve's flush in. Anyway, <laughs> to indicate that that was just, just anyway. Um, so we're going to go over some gaming etiquette that you and I have a experience, what we expect when we play with others, um, and things like that. There's, there's a lot of hits out there for people to go. Um, but I think Marty, I think it's time for us to get over to the other segment. Any other close out? No, that's it. Let's look at it. Emily Post, The Lost Chapters. So as we had said, we're going to be talking about gamer etiquette in this segment. Now, I know a lot of people who probably have in their mind what what it's like to be a good player, a good gamer. But there might be a few subtle things that maybe you had never thought of. Obviously, you have the things that you were taught as you were growing up. You know, don't be a sore loser. Don't be a sore winner. Respect other people as you play. The the sort of kind of basic things you have when you do things with other people, whether it be in sports or games. But what we're going to have here are some points that uh, both Tony and I and come up with have come up with that are really kind of specific to when you're playing a tabletop game or some sort of game where you're sitting across the table from somebody else. Now, what's interesting is Tony has made a list. I have made a list, and we have not compared lists at all, so we have no clue what's on each other's lists. Okay, yeah. I, hold on. Let me get my papers out here. <laughs> <laughs> ruffle, ruffle. Wow. wow, you got a lot on your list. Well, you got yeah. multiple pages. Well, you know, it was draft one, draft two. Um, um, and in the time, oh, no, that's for the bumper we're doing. Um, hold on. Yes, um, and hopefully we'll, we'll cover some parts that uh, from – that our wives didn't cover, which was in episode, oh, good gosh, 11? Has it been that long? Wow. What did they cover? They, they, family gaming and how we talk, good manners, and your kids, don't you Oh, remember? yeah, I forgot about that stuff. Yeah, it's one of the top rated next to the origins. But anyway, so <laughs> so hopefully we can figure this one out. But, yeah, we got we got stuff ready to go here. And, and I, I guess for me, Marty, is... It all comes back. What came up when we came up with this idea? You and I remember in one of our first card tournaments. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Oh yeah, and and okay. this is what prompted us to do this. We went up to play at a um, game store. It doesn't uh, exist in the Charlotte area anymore. But Marty and I got our start. You know, as we've talked about many, many, many times in Netrunner. I mean, Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> There's the mention. There it is. <laughs> Don't worry. We will cover how we did in the tournament. Um, <laughs> but we got our start in Lord of the Rings trading card game by Decipher. And we went up to a tournament when they released the Two Towers. When we were there, we took a good friend of ours, Cecil, who maybe someday will get on the podcast with us. We were playing, and we're sitting across the table, sitting across the table, and he's 
and he's playing this young gentleman, okay, fine, a kid, and he's telling us this story where the he plays this card. And the kid looks oh, at... Oh, it's not a story. I saw this happen. Oh, you saw it. Okay. I saw it. Go ahead. Oh, well, then you go with it because I just heard it. Because hearing him tell me was hilarious enough. So what happened? Um, now, great. Now, you kind of stuck me on trying to remember exactly what happened. Well, what it was, was... Um, uh, okay, Cecil played a card and said, I want to do this. And the guy thought it was an illegal play. So the guy put his finger down on the table in front of the card and flicked the card back at Cecil and said, you can't play that. And I was like stunned that the guy just, just flippantly flipped the card, flicked the card back at him. And like Cecil was like, well, what did you just do? And it's like, yeah, you you can't do that. So they had to call a judge over there. The funny thing was, no, that was a very legal play or something like that. Anyway, it was like that just and that was early, early on in our uh, uh, going out and playing games with other people. I mean, what that was, you know, 12, 13 years ago. Right. Right. So, so that was one of our kind of first tournament experiences. And it really kind of turned us off. It's like, wow, is this how people are at tournaments? I mean, just total jerks. And then ever since then, we've I've been kind of sensitive to it, you know, to try to make sure I'm not that way and that hopefully I don't play with other people that way. But yeah, that was one of our first really bad experiences um, with gamer et- etiquette. Mm-hmm. And, you know, actually, one of the things on my list, and I'll just cover these as we go, is don't touch another man's card his miniature or his dice unless you have permission to. And I guess this is probably more in, in more your tournament based things. Uh, Maybe when you don't know the person, but a miniature games, when people have spent a lot of time painting and stuff like that, just don't be going over there and just picking up their models without asking permission first, even with cards. If some, for example, somebody has played a card and it's their own personal card, not like from a board game, but like from, you know, a constructed game like magic or something like that. I ask, can I please look at that card first? I'm just not going to reach across the table and pick it up. And that came from the whole flick the card uh, thing. So, and I know there's this whole thing with RPGs, just bad luck. Just don't touch another man's dice because you'll ruin the rolls on the, on their, on the future dice roll. So that's one of the ones on my list. Right. And I guess from that thing is was <clears throat> Cecil wasn't going to call the judge over. If the guy said, you know, Cecil, Cecil was easy going. He wasn't going to challenge us. But the minute that guy paper footballed that card at him, oh, it was on and he was going, you're going to cry. Because you don't be doing that. And I'm with you too, Marty. I mean, I do the same thing. You go up. Um, I'm going to ask your permission. And I expect when you do that, I mean, yeah, I'm not the world's greatest miniature painter. But, you know, I appreciate if you, because I may not have based that character. I may not have put him on securely yet. And I don't need you grabbing him or anything. But most importantly, I don't know if your fingers have been in Cheetos. Okay, you know, <laughs> hey, which actually is another point. Okay, uh, somewhere about take care of people's stuff. Right. Yeah. If like you know, which it kind of goes to that. If you got Cheeto fingers, don't be picking up my cards or playing my board game with Cheeto fingers and getting dust all over them. I may not have sleeved those things yet. Oh, easy there, easy. But yes, uh, and and that's one thing. That's just part of that. We covered that about gaming night and, and just needing to do that now. Now, gamers, most gamers understand that accidents happen. We talked about that. And, and everybody understands they're not going to be that anal um, when it comes to that. Because 
it, it does happen, but just be respectful of another person's game. That's money. That's, and that's very important. And it goes back to, you know, when you're growing up as a kid, you hate to see your favorite toy broken. And the same thing here is just be mindful of other people's um, stuff. They've worked hard on it. They've spent good money on it from that standpoint, which, mm-hmm. you know, leads to another thing, I guess, when the, uh, well, one of the ones on my list is, you know, when the game is done, most people will help you clean up. There's no doubt about that. You know, um, we'll help you clean up when it's game night over there. If you're new to the gaming business, one of the things you may want to be, one of the etiquettes is when you're helping someone clean up, be mindful that maybe they want their cards back a specific way. Don't take offense to that. Understand that they, I mean, if it's a nice, good Euro game, it's got special compartments that need to go certain ways. Some people are that way. Just be respectful and understand that. And that's another good etiquette is, you know, when, here, let me help you clean up. Does this need to go here? How do you want me to separate mm-hmm. the cubes a certain color? Oh, um, are the, you know, what, what can we do here? Oh, do you want me to put the cap on the pen or do you want it just to mark up those cards in the box? What do you want me to do here so (laughs) that's actually one of those things where anybody i've ever played with especially recently has has always it's just kind of natural after the game everybody starts taking their pieces their stuff and starts trying to sort them or get them ready uh we'll ask hey is there a bag i can put them in so but that's very good if if you're not used to playing with other people in in a group or something like that um it is kind of i guess i hate to say expected but I guess it's respectful to say, can I help you put away this game? Sometimes they may be very particular and say, no, I got it. And that's cool. I mean, at least you offered. I know uh, with playing uh, Arkham Horror over this past weekend, you've seen um, Bob's homemade box, right? With all this. I have not. You haven't seen it? No. Uh, well, anyway, so everything has a special little compartment. So I couldn't help him get the stuff back in the box. He's made these custom boxes. I need to post some pictures of for everybody to see. But anyway, but I can help him sort them. Like, here's all these types of cards, these types of pieces. And then he can put them away where that where they need to go. So, again, that's, that's, just, that's just common etiquette, too. Right. And it's one of those things that happen that, you know, there's some games like like I just talked about pillars. When people go, well, how do you want them sorted? Da da da, things like that. I'm like, for pillars, it don't matter. It's all going to fall apart in the box anyway, because mm-hmm. the box isn't you know that great. So that, and that's something you know. But yeah, when you break out somebody's super dungeon explorers. Boy, I bet those are kids' gloves right there. You know, touch them oh, gen- gen- gently. Yeah, yeah. Especially if they've been painted and stuff like that. Oh yeah, without a doubt. So what's what's else on your list? All right, so here's one I got uh, for me. So with all these new games coming out, you constantly want to get people over to play the new games. Um, I feel that if you're going to invite somebody over to play a game, that you need to have a pretty good understanding of the rules. Don't expect people to have fully read the rules when they walk in the door and know exactly what to do so you can sit down and start playing. Um, For example, so I just taught the family Zulkin. I read through the rules a couple times and in addition, I went out and watched. Warning, name drop ahead. Uh, Ryan Metzler's uh, review of, of Zulkin mm-hmm. and where he kind of goes into the whole gameplay and how it works. And actually what I did before we played, I actually got the people I was playing with my family to watch it because it was only like seven or eight minutes long. And I told him, I said, actually, you're going to get more from this video than me trying to tell you because you can see what he's doing as he's talking about it. And that went really well. Right after that, we were almost ready to start playing. So 
if you're going to invite people over and you're going to teach a new game, uh, know the rules. However, I do have another part of that. If you have been asked to come over to somebody's house and play a game and you've never played, there's nothing wrong with you taking a little bit of your time and maybe going and reading some of the rules yourself, because that will help the person that is teaching the game get his point across clearer. Don't expect, well, I'm just going to go in there and they'll just teach me everything I need to know. Actually going in there and knowing a little bit about the game will make it less intimidating. Because let's face it, there are some games out there with some pretty thick rule books that when you sit down and try to figure it out, it's like, I will never get this. If it, Maybe if you at least thumb through the rules, and most rules now are online. They're in some sort of PDF form that you can get from the manufacturer's site or from places like Board Game Geek. Just kind of skim through them and kind of understand maybe some of the dynamics. Not saying you have to know every little detail, but it will help you understanding the game and help the person that's trying to teach you. So I guess you want me to read the Terra Mystica rules? That would be nice okay. because those are kind of heavy. So if you were to kind of thumb through those and kind of have an understanding, not necessarily how everything works, but that does help. Okay, let me put that on. For example, on yeah. when you and I went and played Twilight Imperium for the first time. Oh my gosh. I did pull up those rules and I didn't read them word for word, but I thumbed through them. Okay, this is what this card does. This is how the, the flow of the game works. This is a person's turn sequence, that sort of thing, which really helped uh, getting up the learning curve. Yeah, I, I read through as much of the rules as I could because I will say one thing, and now we're going off tangent here, but that's all right. It's For me, I've got to have the game in front of me for the rules. Of, I, believe it or not, I'm, so, I'm becoming a more and more of a visual learner, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, so, and I understand that if people don't, but I, I agree with you. Now, on the flip side of that, if you're invited to come over and you just pointed out to read the rules, you know, as the person who's teaching the game, another side of the etiquette is understand that not everybody's going to grasp them, just like I said, because they may be visual learners. So you may have to step through it a couple of times, do a demo hand or whatever game you're playing so that they can learn as well. So that, you know, just keep that in mind. So gaming etiquette, be ready to demo or help them because, you know, reading through a thick rule book isn't going to make everybody master. They're not going to be at the proficiency that you may already have. So just remember that when it comes time to um, teach a game or um, bring someone into the gaming group i mean i often and my wife gives me so much grief about this she looks at me goes give me the rule book i know you forgot a rule or you missed a rule (laughs) i go well if you know i did then why don't you read the rule book because i'll catch what you missed you'll get the majority of it okay thank you wow so and she's right and she's right yeah and, and I, and, and, yeah, go ahead. No, what are you going to say? I was going to say, and speaking of rules, that maybe there's one other thing is there's a term that's out there called rules lawyer, which is basically the guy, the guy that kind of knows everything. I'm sure we've referenced that before many times, but that's okay. Knowing the rules very well. I think that's very useful, but don't be, don't be, um, snotty about it where if somebody does something wrong, so like, oh, you can't do that. Uh, you know, r- rules say you, you can't do it. You need, to, you need to change that. It's like, don't be a know-it-all. Basically, that's it. Don't be a know-it-all. That is okay, knowing the rules where you help somebody learn. But don't come across that that kind of arrogant attitude of like, well, I know how to play this game, and you don't. And in fact, if you refer to page 32, paragraph 4, fourth, the fourth word, it tells you this. You know, that just I've been around other people that have done that over the years. And it's like, eh, you know what? I, I just don't feel like playing. That, mm-hmm. that sort of do. It just kind of rubs you wrong. But anyway, so that's the other part of it. Know the rules, but don't be arrogant when you 
try to touch it either. And I've actually seen situations where I was playing a game, a person wasn't even involved in the game, actually heard something across the room that we were doing wrong and walked over there and said, you're not supposed to do that. I'm like, really? You're not even playing this game, you know? But anyway, maybe that's just me. I just kind of rubbed me wrong. I understand that. Um, I I agree with you there. Not going to belabor the point. I I will say that this drove me nuts recently. Um, I was playing Munchkin with some people and the guy could not put down the cell phone. Uh, actually, that's on my, that's on my list. Go for it. That I I'll, I just want to say um, I wanted to just play a card to see if he was paying attention and say, oh look, boom, bam, boom, I won. Thank you, and, and game's over. Because you know, I, it drives me nuts. To it's it's bad enough to be playing these games. It can take one to two hours or six, and <laughs> and then you know, and it's only added because somebody's not paying attention in it's when it's their turn or, Oh wait, what did you do? Or, Oh wait, oh. what did you do? Um, yeah, you're, it's gaming. As we've often said in all these podcasts, it's a social event. That's why you're there. Recognize that who cares who tweeted what, unless it's yep. us, then you need to care. <laughs> That's right. If you want to respond to one of our tweets as you're playing, please do so because that is important. We understand and completely do that. I completely, uh, I'll forgive you for that. Okay. If you, because, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm currently playing Pillars of the Earth with Tony and Marty having a great time. We agree. Da, da, da. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, understandable. There are times when a, a call or something comes in and it's emergency, you have to take it. That is understandable. Yes. But if you're sitting there reading your Facebook post and the Twitter post and checking email as you're playing, that is very annoying. And probably every gamer out there that's listening to this has probably experienced that at one time. And if you have not, it's you. That's right. You, it's, it, I mean, at least we're finally getting movie theaters where you can actually go back and enjoy a movie theater uh, experience now and recognize the 422 lens flares in Star Trek. Um, <laughs> God. But you know what? We're, we're very fortunate in that our gaming group, um, yes. the Queen, Queen City Game Club, that most people who are professional, you know, you know, 30s and 40s and have professional careers, do, are not tied to their phone while they're gaming. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that because I probably a lot of these guys have a lot of different jobs and are probably being contacted, but everybody pretty much keeps their phone in their pocket unless they absolutely have to pull it out. Mm-hmm. So that that's good. Yeah, no doubt about that. Now I have done one thing that is on my list that unfortunately, and, and that goes along with everybody's, you know, they've got things and unfortunately it may take too long, but try not to commit to a long game and then have to leave. You can throw off the whole game. Has uh, that happened to you? I've done it. I actually, oh, I was bad. Okay. And I apologize to Ben um, for when he was doing Agricola. We were in the last two rounds and I had to go. There was I, I was supposed to go pick up my daughter and everything was timing just, I thought it was going to work out well. And boom, no, I had to leave. And I was like, I'm so sorry, guys. I was bad. That's one thing that I even, you know, I broke and I, I hate I did it. And cause I, you know, Agricola is a great game. I'm, he took the time to teach us all. And unfortunately I was like, are we going to get around? Are we going to get, dude, put down your phone. 
Um, we got to get there, you know? Um, so, so that's, that happens. And what about you? What else is on your list? All right. How about this one? All right. So if people listen to this cast before, they know that lots of times I will grade games based on how much downtime there is between, uh, from my turn to my next turn. And obviously I do, I do not like a lot of downtime. And one thing that can add to downtime is a term that I'm sure we've used this before is analysis paralysis or AP, um, where if you're playing a strategy game, a heavy strategy game, lots of times you do get to the point where you kind of just get stuck. You have so many things going through your mind trying to make the right move. And if it's one of those games where nobody else can do anything until you've moved, everybody's just kind of staring at you waiting and unfortunately, you just kind of got to gaze, uh, gauge in your mind. I have thought entirely too long, and I just need to make a move and, and go on. All of us want to do well, and all of us want to win. But there does come a point when you just have to kind of mentally realize, I am taking just way too much time, and I just need to make a move and, and go. And to be honest with you, if you play with a lot of uh people that you know really well and stuff, they'll kind of rib you about it. You know, it's be like the little, uh, having a little AP over there, you know, something like that, just to kind of nudge you to get you move along. So just kind of be mindful of that. I lost you. This will be an excellent segue into our bumpers at the end where the guy inadvertently hit his mute button on his mic. See it right here? Right there? See the mic? For those of you on the podcast. I was was like, he's talking. I just made this really good point about AP and I just see you just a chattering away. I'm like, I can't hear a word he's saying. That's awesome. It was incredible. People like what you just said. Man, you wait till you hear it when you, oh, that's right. You, you can't because it was muted. Oh, that's right. It was muted. It was muted. You're not one, that wasn't even recorded, was no. it? No. That was awesome. See, there's a mute button. See right here, guys? There's a mute button right there. And it was sitting <laughs> in my lap, and my hand must have brushed it. Nice. Well played. We are not rusty. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, anyway, back to what you were saying about so, AP. AP. Go. Yes. <laughs> I agree with you, man, completely. <laughs> really? He went on a five-minute uh, dialogue. A whole, uh, I could just tell he was passionate about what he was saying. He was using his hands and really getting into it. And I'm just sitting there looking at him going, I can't hear what you're saying. And I'm sitting here on the screen looking at my notes so I don't see you at all. And then I go over there. And I'm like, you're not responding. Why aren't you responding? Let's go back to the screen and look at you. And you're just looking at me. I'm like, uh-oh. Crap. So anyway, back to AP. Um, yes, I completely agree with you. We'll move on. Uh, another thing on my list. Another thing on my. Oh god. Another thing on my list is, don't sit there. And when you're playing a one versus one player, don't sit there and fault the dice, the card draw, or anything like that. He's talking to me. He's talking to me. I know he's talking to no, me. No, I'm not talking to you. Yes, you are. I'm doing it. I'm doing it as Stupid well. Stupid dice. You need to recognize, yes, games have luck. Yes, sometimes bad draw. You beat me in Netrunner the other day because, well, one, I didn't protect my R&D, and yet there were eight agendas on top or whatever. That happens. 
but you strategically won by constantly going there when I was playing the chances. It wasn't the decks. It wasn't bad luck. It was me being stupid and not playing appropriately. So recognize that when you're playing with other people, I think from an etiquette side of things that if you become known as the complainer or the guy who never recognizes people who have good games or who are actually very strategic, you know, that's important. And I think that's one of the things that is on my list as well. And no, you don't do that, but you do make fun of it. So, and I know you're serious because you always say good game and things like that. So there's never yeah, an well, issue. Which is, no, which is another etiquette thing when you're playing a two player game, especially competitive, offer a hand, go shake their hand, say good game. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Here's, here's a, um, speaking of dice. So here's a little anecdote, um, from a, a, a war machine, uh, tournament that I saw, uh, have, have you ever seen this before? So there were these two guys playing. Um, there was this guy that was, uh, rolling part of the game, obviously, and he had to make tough checks and, and remind me you have to roll a five or a six, five or six. Yes. Five or six. Okay. Basically, you roll a five or six, your guy doesn't die, blah, blah, blah. You don't need to know the rules. This guy rolled like four or five tough checks in a row. His opponent said, I don't want you to use those dice anymore. Okay. And made him change dice. Here's the interesting point. The dice that the guy was using was specially purchased from Las Vegas. They're used in casinos as perfectly weighted dice. He made him take those expensive dice, put them inside and pull out some old cheapies. But that see to me, I understand. And in, and in more machine, you're allowed to do that as you explained to me, right? You, yes, you are. But come on. I mean, would you do that? Would you ask a guy to change his dice? If I knew that they were specially weighted so that they were in a casino, meaning that they are going to roll in one and sixth time unless they're a D1. Well, no, 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 no. They're perfectly balanced to roll evenly. That's what I mean, I'm saying. What so they, you have a, the same amount of statistical chance yes. to get a five versus a one versus a six. Yes. Yes. I, no, I would not. I would, I would actually say, please use those dice. Well, here's the thing. Just so you'll know, you can ask to use his dice too. I would have done that. I say, can I roll yours? Yeah, if it's in the rules. If there's anything funny, if there's anything funny with them, then anyway. So that's the whole dice. Yeah, that's a very good point. Don't complain uh, about your dice. Uh, the only other things I got on my list is actually stuff that we had talked about before when we was talking about doing the gaming groups, and it's just etiquette on on uh, being invited to um, play with people. In that, if if you're invited to go play. RSVP as soon as possible because people are waiting on you. If a guy asks several of you to go play a game and he's waiting to get some responses to determine even if he has enough or he needs to ask somebody else, as soon as you find out, let him know as soon as possible. And if you're going to be late, call and let him know uh, And uh, <clears throat> because people may be waiting on you and stuff like that. And again, we covered all that in our episode or how to run a, a game group and stuff like that. But that was really kind of the last things I had on my list, just etiquette and getting together and playing with other people. And I can't think of anything other than, let's see, uh, make sure that your mute is off. Um, and I know you were talking to me about that calling and letting people know because things have always come up, but that that's life. Unfortunately, there's no doubt. It about. is. It is. And I did have one other thing on the list, but we talked about this for preparing for the con hygiene hygiene. Well, yeah, but in our group, we don't have to worry about that. No, we know in our group. Well, I don't know. It depends on whether you know you come after you work out or something like that. Uh, I tell you what, boy, in this humid weather down here, man, we can sweat up a storm. No doubt about that. <laughs> I, 
So that's it for our etiquette side of things. I know you've got your own opinions out there. I'd love to hear them. Love to know what you think is um, probably um, some that you know you've experienced that we didn't think about. Um, if you're at someone's house, be sure to you know don't mess up the facilities too bad i mean i appreciate marty i mean we trash his uh, kitchen up pretty good and you know hey he can we help you clean up no i got it vanessa no he don't do that no (laughs) no no. No, i know better i know better um but we'll clean up without doubt you know we we really need to get us some specialized cups that's what we need to do yeah, we do. We need some uh, rolling dice and taking names cups. Well, I was just thinking for our, our yeah, IKRP um, session, we need it with our little characters on them. Oh, that'd be cool. That would be neat. So anyway, that's our etiquette session. So if you can think of anything, by all means, let us know. Um, we'd love to hear from you. So tonight we're going to introduce a new segment. Don't worry, people. Casual Corner's coming back. Marty promised. We'll get that back on there. We just got to f- find something to talk about, right? Uh, yeah, we actually got one, so we're probably going to run long night. We'll save it for next time, trust me. Okay. And in this new segment, it's going to be just think about the social setting that you have when you're playing a game and you're sitting at the table. So that's the new segment, at the table. So Marty took our local game club recently and sat down uh, and asked the guys sitting at the table, guys and gals sitting at the table, the following question. What's your favorite genre? Uh, that would be worker placement, Marty. Oh, the more simple tacticals. Still tactical, but not like overly complex like Avalon Hill. Companion-style games. Uh, anything with a trader mechanic. Worker placement. I'll also go with worker placement. What's your favorite genre of game? Uh, fantasy of any kind. Deduction. For the podcast, what's your favorite genre of game? Deck building. The games that come to mind are all worker placement, but I don't know that I love that. I just love a bunch of specific worker placement games. I love uh, myself some good deck builders uh, and like uh, Thunderstone and Dominion. This are like uh, adventure RPG type games. Resource collection and worker placement games. Euro games. Strategy. Hardcore Ameritrash. Nice. What's your favorite genre of game? Uh, war game. Thank you. So we got a lot of different answers from that, but there did seem to be one genre that seemed to rise to the top or be talked about multiple times, and that's worker placement, which kind of surprised me. Me too. I was not expecting that, but especially based on the games that I see being played there, such as Resistance, ooh, that was a shudder, um, and then um, Werewolf and some, you know, some other big tactical games. I was very surprised to hear that as well, that that was one of their common things. Now, maybe you'll get a different response with a different group, but that's, was that the, I wasn't there. Was that our general gaming group that shows up at it? It, it was. It was our general about uh, 25 to 30 people. So a lot of them were the regulars. Everybody didn't say that, but there were there were several responses there. But I mean, we got a lot of different uh, responses. And I asked that question very open-ended. I didn't want to say, what is your favorite genre of board game? I just want to see what people would say and actually leave it open if they want to say RPGs or miniatures. You know, one person said fantasy. Uh, so I was just kind of curious how people would take that question in general. So most people did take it as a particular type of game. We had an Ameritrash fan out there, and you know the strategy game, and but it was uh, it was it was the uh, worker placement, which I think is cool because it, it's funny. I I really like worker placement too. Um, that seems to float to the top, and maybe it's because worker placement 
includes so many different types of things like uh, resource management. It's a good uh, Euro game. And no, Puerto Rico is not uh, worker placement. And, you know. Hey, it could be. Excuse me. <laughs> Would you believe that me and Vanessa got into this discussion the other day? She said it was worker placement. No, I cannot believe that. She said, you put people in boats. I said, you don't put people in boats. It's cargo that's going in boats. Nobody's going into a boat. <laughs> the so I had to have this long discussion. The com- they don't go in the boats either. I didn't say they go in the boats. They go in the buildings. Anyway. So, yes, worker placement, which, like like you said, you know, that's, that's interesting. Um, you didn't hear my answer. My answer would have been co-op. So what would be yours? Oh, that's good. And you just put me on the spot because then I got to think of something, don't I? You asked the question. You should have already had the answer. I think I like Euro games more than Ameritrash games. The, the, the resource management Euro style games. Okay. So that's, that, that, I guess because of the stuff I've been playing recently, and that may change in six months, but that's kind of what I'm into right now. Not that I'm going to belabor a point here, but is that a genre? Euro games? Yeah. Somebody else answered Euro style oh, they did. strategy okay. games. Okay, well, I'll let you get away with that one then. Okay. So there you have it at our local game group at the table. What's your favorite genre? Let us know. Not that this was a rough show after having a month off from the mic or anything, but, you know, hey, that's it. It's like we never <laughs> recorded before. There's mute buttons being pressed. And, it's awesome. And, oh. Hey, we may have to go back and compare this to our first show. Oh, please. We just need to, to erase that from the history of time. Where I didn't know that my microphone was not recording. I was talking into the computer's microphone. And, <laughs> and oh, good gosh. Or that we recorded on when I, one of us was not feeling well, me. Yeah, we've got some stellar ones. And this one ranks right up there. Nah, good show tonight. Gamer <laughs> Etiquette. Um, you know, episode, episode 17. Uh, Emily Post. The Lost Chapters, you know she would have included them had she been a gamer. There'd been no doubt about it because we could have written it for her. She may have played uh, Little Wars with H.G. Wells. You never know. Okay, sure. And maybe he was maybe he was a jerk and, and flicked miniatures across the table at her. Yeah, or tried to flip something or something like that. Who knows what was going on. But anyway, so in a couple of weeks, we're working on a episode uh that we hope to bring some more special guests back on um it ain't gonna happen oh i can feel it i can just feel it trying to get this worked out it's not gonna happen so i we have a special episode where we're gonna have a whole like uh almost a table topish episode yeah uh, where we where we talk strategy and stuff like that but you know Trying to get four guys' calendars all synced up is really tough nowadays. So it, it is summertime. People are on vacation, stuff like that. So we'll let people know when it's coming out, but I fear it will not be in two weeks. Right. And I hope then that, you know, we'll, you, you're, you started a little late because you need at least three months to get another good one going. So we'll have one, you know, hopefully bring, bring everybody back, the ladies back, if we can get that one worked out. Who knows how that'll go. And who, what else we got planned? Anything else good? Any other teasers that we need to get out there? Uh, let's see. Oh, we got the uh, special potential, the kids episode coming That's up. That's the one. Where we're yeah. actually going to interview our children about gaming and have them on, which, which people have heard a sample of mine before with the, um, with the um, second episode, the part two of the origins report where I had my guys on. So yeah. And mine will just be getting back from China. So that will be an outstanding opportunity to talk to her. Well, that's weeks. It's weeks away. Yeah, I know. So, uh, but I do know that she found and purchased me the official Chinese go. 
So I will have that. Oh, okay. That's cool. So, you know, you, we heard Steve talk about it in episode 16, you know, they're going back to the, was it 16 that we were talking about this miniatures and uh, goes all the way back to board gaming where Ch- the Chinese strategy game go. So I, right, I, right. A war I, game. Yeah. This is wild. So she's telling them about this, the host family, and they look at her and they go, um, what's a board game? They don't play. They don't play board games. That's probably against the law over there or something like that. They, they have some odd laws over there. Well, you never do know. So I bet you anything, our podcast is not over there. <laughs> if you look at the sites, we got some green in, in China, if you look. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe so. Maybe we aren't blocked. So, you know, I guess we, we got filtered through the Google uh, sites over there in China, maybe. Well, of course we're not blocked to be like, they'd be saying, you need to listen to these idiots. <laughs> <laughs> this is your competition. Yeah. You're winning. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, we you ain't got to worry about the guys in America. <laughs> listen, these two bumbling idiots spend their time talking about gaming instead of doing real work. Yeah, they're wasting their time. They're not committed. Here you go. Oh. Oh my goodness! Um, any more vacations planned? Nope, not at all. Okay. Uh, how about you? So we're we're good for the rest of the summer. We can kind of stay back on schedule. Uh, back on schedule. I think so. Other than work, I know I'm out of town a couple of times coming up. But other than that, we should be good to go. Well, well good, good. So, um, well, I guess that's going to wrap up this episode. Thanks for everybody hanging in there. And as usual, you guys can go check us out at uh, RollDiceTechNames.com. Look at us on our uh, Twitters. 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 I actually just said Twitters. Hey, I have one. Uh, D.A. McCree. Uh, at D.A. McCree, if you want to. That's my pro. Do you even use it? Well, of course not. Okay. Uh, oh, congratulations. <laughs> a thousand posts. Well done. Uh, yeah, we did. Well, a thousand posts. That, well, that just means, you know, a thousand followers would be cooler. It's more, you know... I can just sit there and post every day, all day long. So let me get this right. So you posted 989 and I did 11. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) It's just sad. God, I'm sad. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, you can find us on Twitter at Dyson Names and, you know, you can help us get those numbers up. And also you can uh, find us over at uh, Board Game Geek. We have a guild page over there and it's kind of interesting. We have a, a Facebook page too and we have like... 10 times the followers on Twitter than on Facebook, but most of our communication is on Facebook. People talk back to us on Facebook more so than Twitter, but yet we're hitting as 10 times as many people on Twitter. So I don't understand how this media, social media stuff works either, obviously. I'm just happy to remember at Dyson Names. Well, that's good. That's good. See, I finally got it after 16 episodes. Doing good. You know, (laughs) we're doing good. We're getting there, man. Um, But other than that, look forward to talk to y'all in two weeks. Definitely look for a five-minute initiative hopefully coming out soon. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, um, I think that's about it. Just do me a favor and don't be blaming the dice, man, if I beat you. Okay? Yep. And as always, keep rolling dice. And taking names. This episode was sponsored by the Gamers Codex, your source for game news, reviews, and a fun place to discuss the games you enjoy playing. Visit them at thegamerscodex.com. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Tony, that was brilliant.
That has got to be the most insightful piece of information I've ever heard about board gaming. Wait, what? 